0: Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. This is the podcast that gets people waffling about their mental health, coping mechanisms, life's minor inconveniences, and the music that soundtracks it all. So join me as I open up shop and have a waffle.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
0: Welcome to another episode of the Waffle Shop podcast. Today, I'm joined by one of the probably the most inspirational people I've had on the show. It's mouth artist, motivational speaker, and author, Henry Fraser. Welcome to the Waffle Shop.
2: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on.
0: Honestly, it's a pleasure. And there's, I, I need to because kind of, obviously I get very giddy when I do this kind of thing, especially with people <laughs> who I find like very inspirational. But there's a lot of kind of your journey and kind of like your outlook on life that I have a lot of similarities to my own which obviously we'll we'll dive into so obviously yeah it's exciting it's an exciting one I'm I'm looking forward to this one (laughs) but
2: before
0: before we get into it I start each one of my shows with something called the weekly waffle which is something myself and my guests get off our chest in the hope that it makes us feel better I mean nine times out of ten it's just very petty and very (laughs) (laughs) but it makes us feel better but one thing that's been winding me up this week is, like, the embarrassment of kind of either saying hello to someone or waving or someone who isn't quite the person that you thought they were. <laughs> and it's you have that horrible cringe moment of, like, I've just really embarrassed myself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's never. Yeah, I mean, it's a faux pas I hope to never experience. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's. It's just like oh, and it's like you feel like you've known them before, but like no, never met them before in my life. And you're like ah, oh, okay, and then your face goes bright red, and it's but yeah, that's that's what's bothered me
2: <laughs> this week. <laughs> mine is um, I mean, what mine be is this week. I mean, things that I guess the pet things that do annoy me sometimes when I spend ages planning to paint something, yeah. And I spent ages looking at colours and pictures and images. And in my head, I've kind of like, I've nailed this, it's gonna be great. Yeah. As soon as I start, I know it's wrong. <laughs> and I know I'm just gonna power my way through and just keep going until the end. But even though I know I'm not gonna like it come the end, but I'm just I'm not very good at finishing something and yeah, no, not finishing stuff. I mean, um so that yeah, and then I just get annoyed myself, and then it's just I just like sit there for 10 minutes just staring at the paintings going, why? Why did I commit? I <laughs> could have done something so much more practical with my time than just do something that I'm just going to regret for the next two days.
0: To be fair, though, that's quite I'm, amazing one to am that. It's like the thing that annoys you the most is like your own willpower and your strength <laughs> at times.
2: Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I I'm much further get annoyed at myself than other people.
0: <laughs> that's right. Just I seems I say easier for some reason. Thing i <laughs> wish i could say that <laughs> I,
2: can have, I can have better arguments with myself it's fine
0: <laughs> oh, i do that do you ever do that in the mirror
2: uh um, not yet yeah. oh my salty now then
0: yeah oh yeah sorry about that just planted oh, that seed <laughs> no, it's,
2: it's, 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 it's an insight <laughs>
0: it's like i'm again i'm the problem with this <laughs> um but yeah no obviously one of the reasons why i wanted to have a waffle with you um i kind of, was made aware of like your journey and kind of how like it all started and stuff when a very similar thing happened to my mom. So my mom is now in a neurological care home, kind of going through extensive rehab to basically find out how to use her hands and speak and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And one of your kind of like your paintings, um, which I, I saw online and I kind of took inspiration from and I showed my mom, and I was just like, anything is kind of possible like you know with with what happened obviously in the kind of like pushing through it it's like Mm. i do kind of want to thank you that because it's kind of there's been conversations that i've had with them that i have referred back to you like not to kind of make an example of of you but i've kind of shown like you you've kind of i say it a lot on the show but like you can do anything in this life but like the one thing you can't do is give up and i think if Mm. there was a face to kind of go with that saying like i believe like Yours would be right there next to him.
2: Oh, thank you. No, it means a lot that you, um, yeah, you use that like some of my stuff to to help oh. your mum in, in a way. And yeah, and if it's um, yeah, it makes any slight bit of difference, then what? Thank you.
0: No, I really appreciate it. I kind of want to obviously jump kind of back a little bit into like your your journey and how this mm. started. And um, obviously, if you feel comfortable talking about that, because. Obviously you were you were a young lad like on on holiday and when this event happened like what 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 happened basically for the for our listeners
2: so I was only 17 at the time um which is now 13 and a half years ago now for me and um yeah I mean yeah lots happening at that moment yeah but it was um we we're just on holiday as a group of lads after our as exams yeah. Yeah, you know, it's my first. it was my first time abroad alone without parents or family. This was, wow. you know, it's just a holiday wearing, you know, I was like, it's yeah. great, it's fantastic. Um you know, we got down there, it was um in the Algarve um south coast of Portugal. Mm-hmm. So it was boiling hot weather, blue skies, amazing sea, you know, incredible wow. nights out. And on the fifth day of a holiday, you know, I did something I'd done my whole life I'd done previously previous days at holiday, and I yeah. ran into the sea to what I thought was a good depth, dive forward and hit my head on what was probably a sandbank or something that was there that I didn't see and I opened my eyes expecting to get up to you know go walk back to the beach, start planning our nights out the nights out with my mates, yeah you know the usual things that we'd done all the other days we've been there, but this time I opened my eyes still in, and I was still in the water I was just there floating looking through this crystal clear water where I could see the seabed you know i could just kind of turn my eyes side to side and look and just see nothing just yeah and I was just frozen my body had frozen I was just unable to move anything so I was just yeah swearing panicking can't tell you how many how many times i swore in that moment yeah but it was yeah it was a it was a just a crazy well, it was probably only a few seconds, but felt felt like forever in that moment. You know, it was there was a point where I suddenly thought, oh, this, you know, this is it. This yeah. could be it for me. Um, luckily, a couple of mates were close by and managed to turn my head to one side slightly because I could see them walking in the water next to me. And they asked if I was okay, and I managed to just about get a bit of my mouth out and say no.
0: Yeah,
2: They just dragged me from the beach, uh, dragged me from the water onto the beach. Eventually, an ambulance was pulled, cool and I was taken to a field somewhere, then airlifted to Lisbon. So right in the middle of Portugal. And then I was just away from everyone at that point. Um just rushed to x-ray, neck and back. It turns out I dislocated my fourth vertebrae. So that slid out of place, basically. And as it slid, I'd just taken the spinal cord with it and just severely crushed um, all the nerves and... And everything there, so that caused the paralysis. Um, so I spent two weeks and three weeks in Portugal, yeah. two and a half three. Um, and yeah, that was a pretty crazy time. Some pretty insane il- illnesses and some mega surgeries to realign my neck. And then I was back in England, and then spent the next six months in a hospital in England, just trying to work hard and get out of hospital and get home and yeah. live my life again
0: firstly obviously thank you for sharing that and secondly like i i admire and respect so like i have so much admiration and respect sorry for people who go through these kind of life changing events and come out the other side of it i guess with this kind of determination and that kind of fight like i'm not going to kind of allow this to kind of define me was There are moments with that that you kind of not necessarily doubted it because obviously I imagine until you're in that situation you don't know. But was there moments of like fear or anxiety that you're like, oh, like what is happening?
2: I mean, early on, definitely. Um, Especially in Portugal, it's pretty hell to scale to time there, and I was on so many meds because I had pneumonia, I had MRSA, sepsis,emia, I had. Body temperatures wow. 40, 41 degrees, everything was just pretty haywire. There's quite a few touch-and-go moments. And I had to have a pacemaker fitting because my heart actually hit zero a few times. And you know, it was, it was a pretty yeah, that was all pretty crazy. Luckily, intense, the meds yeah. kind of I guess took my mind elsewhere at times, which yeah. probably helped. Um but yeah, when I was I don't know, I guess when I came back to England, I always had this kind of constant seed of denial in my head when I was in hospital until I was put into a, a wheelchair for the first time. But up until that moment, I always had this thing in the back of my head that I can look back now and see that it was, yeah, definitely a seed of denial that just sat there that, you know, I was in my head I was going, oh, this is, you know, everything's going to be fine. I'm going to get up and walk out of this place. It's, yeah, You know, all these things. And then it wasn't until I was put into a chair for the first time that suddenly everything just hit me and hit me like a ton of bricks and, Completely knocked me sideways, um, and yeah, it was just an incredible, um, incredibly emotional um, day. That I mean, one I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was one that, come the end of it, was one I needed. I needed that kind of reality check, I guess, to yeah. to say, you know, this is my, this is the situation. This is what I have to deal with. This is my future, and I can't change that. And, you know, I didn't accept what happened to me at that point, it gave me yeah. it kind of set me on the I guess a few steps forward on the um on the um journey of acceptance. Yeah. So it was yeah, huge and it was horrible and the emotions were all over the shop and that was probably the toughest day I've had in my life, but yeah, yeah, desperately needed
0: it. I find that very interesting. Again, obviously thank you for sharing, but My mom said something very similar about the day she kind of like she got like kind of like hoisted into like the wheelchair for the first time. She she often talks about now being like the 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 kind of the defining day of Mm. like what happens next. It was kind of like she she kind of explained it as like it is it was like a bad dream. It was all a bad dream, and then but it was like that was the moment she kind of woke up Mm. and was like, okay, this is how serious this situation actually is.
2: Yeah. And I think we all, you know, whenever we go through situations, we need that moment, that realisation that, you know, we are sometimes in situations that we don't like or that we try and kind of push to one side in our heads. We try not to deal with, um, but we need to, we need that, Sometimes you need that kick of being like, This is it. This is yeah. this is what's happening. Deal with it.
0: Yeah. How how do you navigate that then? Because it's, you know, it's very it's a very, very difficult thing to do, like regardless of who you are, where you're from in the world, like to kind of push through those, I guess, negative moments, the limited beliefs, like that fear. How did you get through that?
2: Um, for me, I just that that day, I kind of really changed my mindset, and it kind of flicked a switch in me to to look at things that differently, approach everything I was doing at that moment in a, with a different mindset, with a different, yeah. with a different view. Um, and for me, it was I was still ventilated at the time,
0: yeah,
2: not all day every day, but I was. Um, no, I was no, I was still ventilated. Yes, so I was still ventilated. So I, I, what I did was I started to set goals. Yeah. I um, asked how long it'd be till I. Well, I knew how long it'd be till I was going to leave hospital. What well, the time frame they'd give me was eighteen months. Yeah. Um, so then I spoke to physios and doctors and said, "What do I need to do to be able to leave leave hospital?" And they said, "Okay, I need to get to the rehab ward." So I said, "Okay, what well, do I need to get to the rehab ward?" And they said, "Ideally, you need to be breathing independently." So I said, "Okay, brilliant." Spoke to my physio, my breathing physio is helping me with my lungs and chest and all this stuff yeah. and you know we reduced worked backwards from so what was an 18 month end goal reduced down to five minutes the next day wow. and that was breathing independently without the ventilator and then 10 minutes following day 15 after that 20 half hour 45 minutes hour we just kept building 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 and you know on my, my focus i never once thought about getting out of the hospital at that point after a few days in, my focus was just on those moments. You know, five yeah. or ten minutes in a day is nothing. It's a blink of an eye. But everything I was doing, everything I was giving was in that moment. So I was just focusing. And then it allowed me to focus on other things I was doing and being in the moment and focusing and not worrying about when the end might come or when I might leave hospital because, you know, things are going to happen along the way. Things are going to change. Yeah. And, you know, those goals were great. And I always knew those goals I'd be able to hit. They were targets I knew were achievable. But knowing that and understanding that and celebrating them every time I did it with my friends, my family, you know, saying, oh, I did this today, I did that. And it's good for them as well. It's good for them to see me progressing and getting yeah. better and my mindset changing. Um, So that was it. And then, yeah, I just felt great along the way doing that. And, you know, if there was one day I wasn't feeling very well and I didn't make any progress, I would just look back at all the, the countless number of steps before that I'd yeah. made progress. And, you know, we never recognise progress in our lives when it's so small, but I don't know why. Progress is progress, no yeah. matter what. It's moving forward. It's been doing better. It's doing something, you know, that you've not done before. And it's great. And, you know, what was 18 months goal, I was out of hospital in six.
0: That's incredible. Yeah, honestly. To be fair, I think you're actually right. You kind of spun my head a little bit then with the whole kind of progress is progress thing it's like those little kind of five minutes here like that were like a blink in the eye kind of to mm. some people like actually kind of was that tiny little stepping stone or even milestone i guess to yeah. that end goal which i don't think a lot of us give ourselves credit for
2: no it's not we always think you know progress is some big some big goal that we have to here mm. to achieve you know whether it's like i work promotion or or something like that but it's not that's just the end goal yeah there's so many steps that go into into an end goal before that you, people just ignore and yeah. just think the end goal is the progress but it's not it's every single step you take along the way to get there
0: no it's, it's incredibly powerful to be fair and it's it's really again like, i go on to not to use the inspiring word to hear someone with that mindset of having the power of looking back and just appreciating how far you've actually come because I imagine, and I, I'm obviously I'm kind of relating this a lot to like my mom. So obviously apologies if I'm kind of putting words into your uh, mouth and stuff like that, <laughs> <that's fine. laughs> but, but I have to, I feel kind of like reassure my mom sometimes of not necessarily what the alternative could have been or like what could be, but it kind of, because I imagine a lot of anger kind of, kind of creeps in a little bit, especially I've seen it kind of first hand with my mom of like, why yeah. has this happened? Like, why is this happening to me? Kind of thing, and it's kind of, I guess those moments kind of help you kind of navigate that a little bit to be like, well, it could have been bad, it could have been worse, it could, but it's like, look how far you have come. And it's I don't know, I don't know where I was going with that, <laughs> but no, that was
2: just, fine. I. I try not to ever. I never, maybe early on, but I never, I don't know if it kind of went that way in my head because yeah. I started not to think about, you know, what, yeah, or what could have been or what might have happened. Or, yeah. Because I wanted, my focus is just on here, on now. Yeah. And that is it. There is nothing else in my life, what I'm doing that, you know, I'm not, I'm going to worry about, I'm not going to worry about the future because I know what's happening. I'm not going to well, on the past, because that's just going to drag me back and not let me progress forward. Um you know, we're talking people talk about, you know, build you we always want a better future and building a positive future. And it's not so much about having kind of big things in the future to look forward to, it's about putting into practice all the things now, like training your mind, um, all little things now, each and every day, so that in the future, when negative situations happen or something happens that you need to deal with you're in the right frame of mind to deal with it immediately get on and continue being happy and, and living your life um that's what a positive future is for me mm. and yeah the past yeah past has gone from yeah i don't
0: No, i appreciate yeah. that can't wait to play at this now and be like look <laughs> we need to look <laughs> forward <laughs> stop looking back we need to look forward but to be fair like i think regardless of who you are like i think people can they learn a lot from that mentality of like we, we need mm. to look forward like we can't change what's happened like we we need to kind of just keep going
2: yeah i mean i used to be the complete opposite before my yeah. i used to dwell on everything that went wrong and it made me very uh, i used to get pretty anxious at what most things really. Um and I worry and i think about the mistakes I've made and it would bug me and just bring my mindset and my mood down. Um so I've had to completely kind of reverse how I've lived the first 17 years of my life. And yeah, I mean I feel yeah much better for it.
0: No and do you know what I find incredible as well is the fact that you're now using those tools that you've developed to help you and kind of sharing those skills and the mindset to help others like your book like the power in you i feel like i i read at the right moment i was supposed to read it because Mm. in there it just gives a whole new like perspective on things just to be like again i think the the power's in the title like i don't think people realize that how power like powerful they actually are
2: no no not at all everyone thinks it takes a um, you know extreme yeah. um, extreme situation or trauma or something to unlock this in us it doesn't yeah. it sits there you just have to yeah. kind of dig deep to get it out and understand that it isn't us and yeah. I, 100%, I 100% agree and it's how I actually finish all my talks by saying just that that you know this what I've what I've done what I've been through how I've changed isn't you know, it's not unique to me or a handful of people. It's it is in all of us to be able to do this. And you know, I genuinely, genuinely do believe that. And I think people just need that, need confidence in themselves, need patience with them. Patience is the key to all of this, to everything I've been through. Um, because it doesn't happen overnight at all. Yeah. I had that day in the chair that gave me that kick start, but I'd say it took me a full 13 months before. I'd fully accepted what had happened to me. Um, so, you know, that, that was 13 months of, you know, a lot of, I guess, mindset training, a lot of trauma at the start, you know, a lot of learning a completely and totally new way of life. Yeah. And, you know, it was tough. It was required a huge amount of hard work and you know, determination to keep going, going, going. But those 13 months for, you know, the rest of my life... Um, of being happy and content is, yeah, no brainer, really.
0: Yeah, no, it's incredible.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh
0: in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash achieve today. Well, was there a moment when it comes to like, came to like like the books and things like that that like was there something that like a, a I guess like a a turning point in your journey to be like, okay. This has happened to me. Now I want to help others. So obviously, you you do the like the motivational like the talks, like you've got the books. Like, what was the driving force behind that?
2: I mean, the books were just someone approached me and said, "Have I thought about sharing my story?" Yeah, and I just thought, well, with this new mindset of trying stuff and at least giving things a yeah. go, I thought, why not? Why not give it a go? I wasn't expecting anything. To really come with it, I just went in and let them kind of put everything together and do all the do all the nitty gritty bits, and then I was offered a book deal. <laughs> I was like, okay, wow, well, oh, this is actually a real, this is a real thing, is it? Um, so then I had to write a book. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it was a yeah, not something I'd ever planned to do in my life. Not something I'd, it probably would have been an extremely low down list of things i thought i'd envisioned for my future um yeah it was great the, the, yeah the reactions the first one especially was yeah, yeah it was quite know. something um yeah i'm because when i write whenever i do these things I always try and be as open and as honest as i possibly can be i don't yeah. i don't want to show anything i don't want to lie about anything i just want to say this is you know this is it this is me this is how i've dealt with stuff this is this is what I've been through and, yeah. you know, if people want to take something from it, fine. If it don't, if it don't is, you know, we all deal with these things differently in our lives. Hopefully it gives people, you know, a slight maybe framework to, to help them and then they can find their own ways of, you know, adapting and yeah. do what they're going through. But I think I've, after everything I've done. I've been very fortunate to do some pretty cool things since my accident. Yeah. Um, I've been extremely lucky and privileged that after my first book came out and people read it, I'd get random people emailing me from everywhere saying that they've read the book and then just telling me their stories, their life yeah. stories of trauma and whatever, the loss of a child, a divorce or something, wow. an accident or whatever. And most people, they don't, they sent these emails without wanting a reply. Just once they just felt like they could share and, yeah. And let go, and lots of them. It's the first time they'd ever shared with anyone how they were feeling.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. And for me, that was a um, yeah, wildly privileged position to be in that they felt they could turn to me, a complete and total stranger in their lives. So. Yeah. But I think that's for me the most kind of, I think, the powerful thing that's come out of that, of my first book was that, and is that people felt that they could share and open. Hopefully, it will help them in their lives and, and moving forward and yeah it's been pretty pretty incredible to experience that
0: no it is and honestly you've you deserve every bit of praise and stuff like that comes from this because it's it's one thing that I kind of felt where especially one from reading your book and then even now just talking to you like I feel like you create a safe space like I feel very like, even though it's weird because it's like, it's my show kind of thing, <laughs> but like, I feel very comfortable talking to you. So, and I feel like, you know, with your kind of your outlook and the way that you have dealt with things, like I said, like, regardless of what you're going through, having that kind of being kind to yourself mindset and like the determination and kind of more than anything, the patience with yourself, it can take you to anywhere that you want it to be, regardless of your situation
2: yeah oh definitely it's uh yeah you just got to kind of keep pushing pushing and pushing and Mm -hmm. yeah it takes it takes a lot of effort Mm -hmm. and it's exhausting but but it's worth it
0: worth it (laughs) definitely so i i talk about a lot on the show about like coping mechanisms and like whether it's like music for me or like Lego is a big one for me because it takes me out of the moment. It makes me very, very present. Mm. Obviously you're an incredible artist now. Like was there moments like in, say like in your childhood growing up, like you think like, I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to be an author. I'm going to be a motivational. I'm going to be a bestseller. (laughs) (laughs) But what, Like, how did the painting start? Well,
2: I did really enjoy painting when I was young. That was probably the only thing I'm doing now that, Actually, maybe I did entertain. I always wanted to be an architect when I was young. Um, well, okay, I loved I loved Lego and Duplo when I was a boy. <laughs> I would just build houses, like Big countless houses. Um, and then I just always, yeah, I always just loved drawing. I loved making stuff. I was more making stuff I enjoyed when I was younger, yeah, kind of physical things. Um, but then as I grew older, um, I studied GCSE and AS level, but I I hated it at that point, really yeah. hated. it. I really wish I didn't do it for AS level, looking back, um, because it required a huge amount of time. Yeah, and also my rugby was going well at the time uh, as well, so I was having to commit time to that training and being in the gym and things, and it was hard for me to balance. I wasn't good at balancing the two. Yeah, and I'd rather I, I preferred being outside or being in the gym rather than stuck in an art classroom. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was it, art became this annoying, really annoying part of my life. I grew to kind of really resent it in a way, and then I had my accident, and I thought never. I didn't even think about art again.
0: Yeah,
2: um, actually I remember seeing in the hospital, St. Andrew Hospital, there were some paintings by mouth artists. Um, um, someone in my family said, "Oh, you should give that a go," and I just said yeah. like, too too lazy for that. Um, whereas now it's pretty much my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, and yeah, it wasn't until 2015 that I was stuck in bed with a sore on my back, a consequence of spinal cord injuries, lack mm-hmm. of blood flow or health drops or whatever. So I was stuck in bed, not really doing anything. And then when I was able to eventually sit up, put some cushions on my lap, iPad on those cushions and tapes. I, a, I was using an iPad just with a stylus taped end of a mouse stick. So I could message and do things on my iPad. Yeah. So I found a really basic drawing app that I could use, and yeah, it's, that's just how it started. And there were extremely kind of basic linear drawings with how it started, and then when I was able to get out of bed, I started with I started drawing pencils, and then, mm-hmm. then a month and a half, two months later, after that, I started actually painting, and then it all just kind of kicked off from there. Yeah, and now it's yeah I've been doing it now for gosh eight years pretty much um so yes yeah, kind of in a pretty wild time with it but i mean i love it it's great for me it's um i can just be at my easel by myself listening to yeah. listening to an audiobook and just paint for you know two three hours at a time and just chill and not think about anything else or do anything else it's just me painting and then uh, it kind of the other end of it forces you well, to
0: be in the moment, doesn't it? <clears throat> like you're not thinking about anything else other than what's in front of you.
2: Definitely, and I guess you know, it's my comfort zone is being at my easel. It's mine, my, my happy place. And then I've the other side of my life is public speaking. And I'm suddenly in a room with, you know, a few hundred people or something sharing my story, and it's, it's that really that pushes me and challenges me. And yeah. you know, doing things like this where I'm having to, you know, think on the spot and answer questions you know, and do something that historically I wasn't very comfortable with. Um yeah. that I've grown to learn to be better at it, which is good. It's given me a, again, yeah, I would never have done this stuff without my accident. I wouldn't I wouldn't have the confidence I do now without my accident that's forced me to share my story and be in front of people and and do these things and be out there. So it's great to have that balance of comfort zone at the easel. step out every now and then to yeah. challenge myself. And people always you know, comfort zones get a bad a bad rep um, but we all need one we all need that place where we can kind of oh, retreat yeah. to whether it's painting for me or me I'd be watching I don't know if someone watched a thousand times like Family Guy or something yeah <laughs> every time uh, um, yeah well, I mean it's great it's absolutely fantastic <laughs> um, I like the way they go I always watch
0: bedtime though yeah, oh, yeah <laughs> I do, I do watch for...
2: I watch it before I go to bed before I go to sleep <laughs> Same. Nice. That's Um, brilliant. Yeah, so it's great. I mean, yeah, comfort zones. Everyone needs that place where they can step into. Yeah, every now and then, step outside, challenge yourself. But there's no problem being comfortable and happy. It's not. It's not a bad thing. We don't always have to be kind of all constantly pushing ourselves to do more, to be better. I think kind of society and stuff always expects us to be doing more and more and more when it's good to have times to relax and rest and and reflect and, and do nothing sometimes.
0: No, I agree. And I, I'm a big believer in like even boredom, like it gets mm-hmm. such a bad rep. Like there is something incredibly powerful in being bored and just not doing anything.
2: Mm-hmm. See, I've learned that rest is as vital to life as anything I do. 100%. Yeah. It's up there. It's, we can 't all be going full on all the time it 's yeah. exhausting physically mentally it's just exhausting. We need time to just shut off and do nothing and it 's actually kind of helped me do more and be better at what yeah. i 'm doing i mean um when i do after i 've rested because i 'm not getting tired i 'm not getting bored of what i 'm doing it's just i 'll paint and then you know if it's if it 's not going quite right i'll i 'll go do something else or if I've painted for a while and i 'm close to the end. I won't paint the next day because I'll be a bit tired so I'll wait yeah. till the following week and then I go back and I can I feel like when I go back into it I'm happy again I can enjoy We're it charged. I'm not tired yeah, we, yeah everyone needs it everyone needs to rest, rest, rest
0: oh, I love that I feel like I'm, I'm going to listen to this back and be like yeah listen to what he's saying again <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the things I ask every person that I come on who comes onto the show because Music for me has kind of been the one recurring theme that has been there for me for the good, the bad, the ugly, what you name it. There's been like a song for it. I'm very intrigued um, with you. I mean, you mentioned like audio books, but if there was a song that kind of was the, I guess, soundtrack like your journey so far is God. there one or is, is that too difficult <laughs> I feel like I've just had kind of a <laughs> photo grenade and just
2: <laughs> that's 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 a bomb that's not a grenade
1: <laughs>
2: um no I, I I mean wow yeah to be honest I've never never thought about it um my music taste is um varied to say the least yeah. um I don't know I'm i We'll circle back to that one, I think. I'll yeah, go back to that one. I'll see if there's some. If, I'll, I'll let, if something pops up, I'll let you know. I think.
0: Yeah. Is, is there a song that you hear and like it instantly puts a smile on your face? Um, I,
2: mean, there must I feel be like something. I'm throwing
0: bombs left, right and centre now.
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't Just any good sing-along song. Like, yeah. the crap... I mean, I like a good crappy song to... When I'm cooking to kind of have one in the background.
0: Yeah.
2: Anything like that, any song like that is, you know, some early noughties or, you know, like yes. that pop rock era of Blink 102 and of One
1: and yes. all that
2: lot and Good Charlotte, that kind of era. I love that. Um, love those guys growing up. So, I mean, I had any, one of, the, any one of them I'm on having. the show
0: last week. I'm sorry? I had Wheatus. On the show. Oh,
2: last week That's a what? That's a bad dummy. I mean, yeah. Actually you know that would be mind? up there as one of the, the big boys.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was it very is. like they in child child he was like screaming. Yeah, <laughs> he, he pulled out his guitar and started singing it. And I was like, Oh huh? god, okay, this is this is a moment. <laughs>
2: this That is I mean, screw up with me on get them back. <laughs>
0: Just every week, just yeah, waffling with readers <laughs> yeah, part 37. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Is there like moments because obviously I know with obviously like the artwork and stuff, and obviously you've kind of now you know you've got the attention of some very big, kind of influential people, like you know, with like the likes of Fern Cotton, JK Rowling is there a moment now like you i know you say like you don't kind of like like to look back but there must be kind of a sense of pride with like i've done this like do, do do you feel that and do you allow yourself to kind of feel that emotion
2: to be honest no not really um i'm kind of pretty quick to move on from stuff <laughs> yeah Um normally when something happens that uh, you know, if something happens, it's good. I'll enjoy it yeah, and love it and I make the most of it, but then start, you know, be in the next moment and then the next and the next. Yeah, it's not really... The thing i say, you know, um, the only thing I look back on and I go, okay, I'm, you know, I'm tough myself. I've done that. Is yeah. It's the public speaking. Yeah. Um. Because that terrified me more than anything else in the world before my accident, and in fact, after for a few years, <laughs> um, <laughs> because I couldn't even, I couldn't talk in front of people. I wasn't very good. I was, you know, I was good socially with my mates and stuff, but yeah. you know, meeting new people or whatever, I, conversation, I could, I could just kill a conversation about five seconds yeah. because I just wouldn't talk. Um, <laughs> whereas now I am, you know taking over your podcast. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I can't shit yeah, you yeah. up. You can't
0: yeah, my job. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. If, if a 16 year old me could look, look now and be like, what the hell's going on? Is this some, some like parallel universe? <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, and then when I was given the opportunity to do it, share my story, I thought, why not? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. And it's the best decision I've ever made in my life. Yeah. Um, because before I remember GCSE English, Past that, we had to give a presentation to class. And you know, our classes were uh, 16, 18 people, yeah. not huge. But I couldn't. And I remember the week it was happening. And I'd played rugby the weekend before. Mm. And I had my face kicked in pretty bad. I came into school. I had bruises and cuts and everything all over my face. And I kind of swerved the teacher's eye all week until it we came to Friday where I knew... I'd have to stand up in front of the class and and give my presentation. And I basically, I feigned a delayed concussion from the weekend before. So then I went and sat in the sanatorium, lay down there. So I missed the English lesson. But then I also thought to make this look convincing, I need to stay here for the following lesson as well. So I was laid in bed in the sanatorium for about an hour and a half, just doing nothing. Yeah just to get out of it. So I just couldn't do it. Couldn't bring myself wow. to Eventually I didn't even do it because the teacher forgot and time... the deadline was over. Yeah. So I think it was half term the week after or something. And I was chuffed I didn't do it. I was so happy, even though I knew it would affect my mark. Yeah. I, was, I just work harder than the other bits, but I'm not doing that. So when I first had the opportunity to talk, I'm, I'm first talk I gave sharing my story to um, Saracen Rugby Club and, Uh, my brother was playing at the time and I was, the week before, I agreed to do the talk in, it was an April talk and I'd agreed to do it back in October. Yeah. When, October 2013, I'd agreed. So I had six months until April 2014 to write it, plan it, do whatever. And in my head, I kind of agreed to it because I thought something's going to pop up along the way that will derail this and I won't have to do it. Until it got to the week before and I just, I probably wasn't a great person to be around that week. Yeah. I was I was so nervous. I was just on edge the whole time. I was just reading the talk every day, just all day, every day, just over and over, reading it, reading it, reading it, reading it, trying to memorise a half-hour talk. <laughs> I don't know why I was memorising. I'd have my laptop whenever I give talks <laughs> with my whole script Professional. on Oh, no, God, that was, it was too <laughs> too obsessive, that. And sitting in lunch before the talk, my teeth were just... I was so nervous, my teeth were chattering. Wow! Like I was, all, I was all over the shop emotionally, like anxiety-wise, until the moment I started. And um, the CEO of Saracens at the time, at the start of my talk, no, the guy I worked with, the, psych- the psychologist of Saracens, he helped me, kind of bring out the right messages from my talk, from everything I'd written before. Yeah, to reduce down to you know which bits am I going to keep, which aren't I? He wrote at the start of my talk, he was like this, when I have it, I read it every time I give a talk as well. I was having quotes saying, the talk is not about you, it's for them. And the talk's not over till you've left the building. Those two things I take with me to every talk I give. And then the CEO of at the time said no one said, he said no one's come out of a talk saying someone spoke too slow. As long as they can hear you and understand you. Yeah. They'll be fine, just don't rush it. And those things I just ca- carried with me to every talk, every talk I've given since then. So, when at the moment I started talking, I started it was slow. It was I, the talking of now is probably about 27 minutes. Mm-hmm. I barely changed it, but I think that one was at least kind of five minutes longer because I was talking so slowly. But it, I was able to kind of get say what I wanted to say, say what I needed to say. And the moment I finished, I just had this rush. This kind of surge of adrenaline and excitement that I'd never felt before, ever, I think, in my life. Now it's just, I was just thinking, you know, this is like, what is this feeling? This is amazing. Yeah. This is great. Or what, you know, why haven't I done this before? Why haven't I done, done stuff? Why haven't I? And that kind of then forced me to, you know, when opportunities come my way, if there's something that, you know, normally I'd be uncomfortable with or I never thought I'd do, is, you know, why not? Yeah, you know, just agree. We're not kind of confirmed to do it, but say, yeah, why not give it a go? See what happens. and If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's fine. If that's the thing. He's just scared me more than anything else. Um, when I kind of went, especially things like sport, was just failing. I hated failing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I hated it to the point where I wouldn't work hard to stop it failing. Yeah, I would rather not do it than do it and fail. And that was the mindset I just took into everything. Before my accident. Yeah. Um, which you know. Not the best, not the best starting point. No, not. But right. now really it's the opposite. That yeah, but now it's the opposite. Every time I to go to, I'm trying to think. Okay, so what what could happen under this? What might change? What might might I get from it? Um, which is, yeah, it's again. If I hadn't agreed to that first talk, if I hadn't had my then I probably would be still in my old mindset, dwelling yeah. away on on the past and worrying too much about things that I can't control.
0: That is powerful, mate. Right? Like, I I was literally lost in everything that you just said, just like, this is exactly kind of like, I think it's what people need to hear. Because I think there's so, we're in this kind of generation where we do dwell on the bad. And, you know, there's the stories like yours, like my, my, the waffle shop wouldn't exist if everything hadn't happened to my mom. And it's mm. like, it's just proof that so much good can still be, like, achieved, like, there is good that can yeah. come from those bad situations that I don't think people like to see, I guess.
2: Yeah, well, I just think people are so used to, just in day to day life, of just. So, well, one thing I say a lot to people is in our lives, we are surrounded by, like, surrounded by countless joyful, happy moments. Yeah. We just think happiness has to be at a certain level that's very high that, you know, we have to achieve whether it's buying something new or doing something. Happiness isn't happiness, is enjoy is the smallest things that, you know, make you feel good. You know, for me it's a cup of tea, it's looking outside, it's and seeing nature, having the sun on my face like it is right yeah. now, these these things make me extremely happy. And when you're able to look around and recognise that and understand that. Suddenly realize, oh, actually, you know, all these things are everywhere. This is, you know, happiness and joyful moments surround us each and every day, but because they are so plentiful, we just become totally numb to them. Yeah, we don't feel them anymore. And that's when, when something negative happens, it kind of hits us. And we feel it. We really feel it because the negative moments are so few and far between that they're rare for us to have to really actually deal with an experience. But if you un- if you're able to recognise the joy and happy and happiness in the smallest things, suddenly those negative moments don't hit as hard. You're able to kind of realize them and deal with them and accept what's happened and move on. And again, it takes time and patience, but you know, that's kind of how I live every day of my life now.
0: And to be honest, I think it's I don't I can't think of a better way to live it, to be fair. Like that uh, is. It's not often that I'm lost for words on my own show, (laughs) but you've you've kind of, yeah, you've, you've smashed this. Like I'm genuinely feel very, very lucky that I've had to have this waffle with you today because there is so much that I'm going to take away from this now and actually apply to my own life. Like if anything, you've kind of reassured me that, okay, you've got to keep going. So Thank mm. you so much. Oh,
2: that means a lot. Thank you. I feel like I don't want it to end. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
0: You've been listening to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and
2: even leave a review. It means the world to me. See you soon.